0: Welcome to Healthy Living. I'm Lori Johnson. Thanks for joining us today. Our topic is spiritual health, specifically the spiritual health of our children. My guest is Dr. George Barna, America's foremost faith and culture researcher, and the New York Times bestselling author of 60 books, including Raising Spiritual Champions, his most recent, Nurturing Your Child's Heart, Mind, and Soul. Dr. Barna, great to see you. Thank you so much for being with us today.
1: Well, thanks for having me with you, Lori.
0: So why did you want to write this book at this point in time?
1: You know, all of us are looking at what's going on in America, wondering what happened. And I think the simplest and maybe most profound answer to that is we didn't pay attention to our children. What we know is that everybody makes decisions every day of their life. We don't tend to think about where those decisions come from. They come from our worldview. And a person's worldview starts developing at 15 to 18 months of age and is pretty much fully formed by the age of 13. It gets refined during the teens through mid-20s. Then after that, we're off to the races trying to get other people to embrace our worldview. And so really worldview is the issue here. And as I've been doing research among parents, among churches, uh, with the culture at large, one of the things that we found is that We don't pay any attention to the worldview development of our children. And so what happens is that the most influential entity in the development of a child's worldview winds up being arts and entertainment. And so they watch movies, they play video games, they listen to music, uh, that and many more forms of media, including social media. And it's those things really that are shaping the worldview of our children. And then when they become adults, we wonder, gee, why are they living like this? Why are they making these choices? How did they come to these moral conclusions? Well, it's because we didn't pay attention when they were children. We didn't take our role as parents that God has given to us seriously enough. And so we let the world shape our children rather than us as parents, the one that God is going to hold responsible for that. We didn't take that role seriously.
0: Wow, that's really fascinating. So a, a person's worldview is what shapes their thoughts and their behavior. And so naturally, as Christians, we want our children to have a biblical worldview, and we want to have a biblical worldview. How would you define a biblical worldview?
1: Yeah, it's it, it's it sounds a little daunting to try to get your arms around, but if you think of a worldview as the uh, intellectual emotional and spiritual filter that every one of us has through which we make our decisions. A biblical worldview simply is saying, you know, when I think about the world and the choices that lie before me, as I'm trying to feel what's right, as I'm trying to understand what God is calling me to do, who he's calling me to be, it's going back to God's word, the source of truth, to understand what our choices should be. And so uh, a biblical worldview requires us to be constantly not just reading the Bible, but studying the Bible, inhabiting the Bible, owning the Bible as our guideline for everything that we do every day of our life. It means understanding what truth is, where it comes from, morality, relationships, human nature and character. Our task is to know the Bible well enough to have the right beliefs so that we can have the right action. The way I like to think about it is you, need, you, you have to think like Jesus before you can act like Jesus. And that's what a biblical worldview helps you to do, is to become more Christlike.
0: A biblical worldview is a broad subject, to be sure. Uh, you have in your book the seven cornerstones of a biblical worldview. What are they?
1: Well, and the seven cornerstones are basically a great starting place for trying to figure out how do I develop this large kind of unwieldy way of thinking and acting? And so it's based on the research where we found among people who basically own these seven cornerstone beliefs, they really believe in them full heartedly. 83% of them go on to develop a full fledged biblical worldview. Among people who don't, own all seven of these cornerstones, only 2% go on to develop a biblical worldview. But it's not just believing them or knowing about them. It's really owning these things. And so it's understanding who God is, believing not just that he exists, but that he's the all-powerful, all-knowing creator and ruler of the universe who still oversees everything today and is part of your life. It's understanding that we were created by him, but when we're born, we're born as sinners, and so that has dramatic consequences for a life. Uh, the third cornerstone is understanding that the only antidote to that sin crisis that every human being has is to understand that Jesus died on the cross for us, and so you have to come to him and ask him to be your savior, confess your sins, understand you cannot live eternally in his presence or do right in his eyes unless he is your savior. It, uh, you know, a fourth element of it is understanding that the Bible is the source of all truth, and that helps us to understand, so how do we live in that way that honors Christ all the time? A fifth element is recognizing that there is absolute moral truth. It's not up to you and me. It's not dependent on our conditions. God has identified what truth is for all times, all people, all conditions. And our job is to know that and live in accordance with it. Then the sixth one is recognizing that our purpose for being here on earth isn't just to amass things and and whatnot, to feel happy. It's really to know, love, and serve God with all our heart, mind, strength, and soul. We're not here of our own accord. God put us here for his purposes and our purpose is to serve him. And finally, it's to recognize what success is. The seventh cornerstone says that, you know what, success is about consistent obedience to God. It's not about your money, your possessions, your reputation, your fame, your feelings. It's about obeying God all the time. And when you do that, that's when you become a success in life.
0: So how do you think that we got so far off course? You know, you you think about parents are a huge influence on kids, but also a lot of children, including kids who go astray, spend a lot of time in church and youth group, and you know, we have pastors who are pouring into our kids. Where did we go wrong?
1: We've taken our eyes off Christ. And so no matter who you look at, if you look at churches, uh, I'm sad to say this, but our research shows very clearly that most Christian churches in America have taken their eyes off Christ. When we look at how they evaluate success, they look at how many people show up, how much money they raise, how many programs they offer, how many staff they've hired, how much square footage they've built out. Jesus didn't die for any of those things. You know, if you look at parents, they've taken their eyes off Christ. We know that only 2% of parents in America today, only 8% of born-again parents, have a biblical worldview and you can't give what you don't have. So if it's all about raising up children to be followers of Jesus, to understand God's word, to be committed to living that kind of life, well, parents are the ones who are called to do that, but the primary parenting strategy in America today is what we call outsourcing, where parents say they love their kids so much they want them to have the best. And so they go out and they hire the best in many different disciplines. They hire coaches, they hire tutors, They hire uh, people at churches to spend an hour a week with their children and assume that that one hour a week will be the spiritual development time that their children need. We're so out of touch with reality, it's it's unfortunate. And, And then, of course, what happens is there's a big vacuum for worldview. Kids are trying to figure out how life works. What do they fill it with? Media, arts and entertainment media. And, of course, they do not, for the most part, have a biblical worldview. The most popular media do not profess Christ. They don't point us to Jesus. They don't lift up the scriptures. And you wind up with the mess that we're in today.
0: This is fantastic information and also research-based. The book, once again, is called Raising Spiritual Champions, Nurturing Your Child's Heart, Mind, and Soul. We're talking with Dr. George Barna. We'll be right back after these messages.
2: Life is better with a good night's sleep. Get your free DVD or booklet of Protect Your Sleep as the world watches from the outside. It's a big diplomatic tug of war here in the Middle East. Go inside the story with Jerusalem Dateline.
3: Israeli archeologists are talking about a discovery that could change the thinking
2: about the Temple Mount. Join CBN Jerusalem bureau chief Chris Mitchell and get the biblical perspective on the events shaping the world.
0: It's what starts in Israel then ends up going
1: to other places.
2: Watch Jerusalem Dateline Friday night at 8.30 on the CBN News Channel. Life.
3: It's meant to be lived fully. Jesus said it. I came to give you life. Life to the fullest. Life in your family. Life in your finances. Life in your body, mind, and spirit. Life in your everyday. At CBN.com, we're taking what Jesus said seriously. We're here to help you discover life. Life. Live it fully. CBN.com Stay connected with CBN News all day across our platforms.
0: Welcome back to Healthy Living. We are continuing our discussion with Dr. George Barna, author of the book Raising Spiritual Champions, Nurturing Your Child's Heart, Mind, and Soul. So Dr. Barna, you were talking about how really the crux of the situation is uh, teaching your child a, a biblical worldview. And you were saying that so many children these days don't have one because of media. So what is a parent to do?
1: You know, it's not as hard as we make it out to be. Uh, There's going to be tension in the process, but that's what being a parent is. You're going to raise conflict with your children, and if you love them, you'll resolve the conflict. When it comes to media, what I suggest is that you do four things. The first of those is that you minimize how much media exposure they have. There's so much neurological research now that shows the more time you spend with media, the more it's rearranging your brain and not for the best. And so you need to control how much media children are exposed to. It an extraordinary amount of hours right now that children spend with media, depending on the age group, up to 10 to 12 hours a day. And so we've got to put the lid on that. Secondly, you've got to mediate that information That is, as it's coming in, you've got to help your child understand what it means. And so uh, maybe another way of thinking about that is that you need to moralize it. You need to help them understand what's right and what's wrong in what they're watching. And, you know, so when you take control of this, that means that you're also going to be constantly monitoring everything that they watch. So when you put all of that together, uh, that's going to go a long way toward helping you to Get your children to change their media habits. And that's what you want to do is develop healthy habits in every area of your life. But as you think about your spiritual development, as a parent, you've got to go into the parenting process with a plan. And part of that plan has to say, you know what, I I, I can identify in my mind, I can visualize The kind of child I want to raise, the kind of adult I want them to be, because they're going to be the spiritual leaders of the nation 10, 15, 20 years from now. And it's up to me to prepare them for that. And so not allowing their mind to be twisted by all the garbage that the media is proposing is, is one of the most critical things that parents can do.
0: You were talking before about, um, outsourcing where, even outsourcing at church where you, you kind of trust your, your pastor, the youth pastor, the Sunday school teacher, vacation Bible school, whatever, uh, to teach your children about Jesus and biblical worldviews. How do you know whether the pastor or your church or even your Christian school is up to snuff?
1: Uh, You've got to be a detective. you got to do your homework. You can't assume because it says Christian that they're biblical. What we know is that from the studies we've done in America today, when people say Christian, what that implies to them is a good person. And that's based on our feelings. Do we feel someone's a good person, that they do nice, good, compassionate things? That's very different than actually being Christ-like. So, You know, we want to find schools and churches that are biblical. We know in America today, only 12%, one out of every eight children's pastors in churches across the country have a biblical worldview. Again, you can't give what you don't have. So a parent has to be very careful about where they're bringing their child, what they're exposing them to, and for themselves too, only 41% of all senior pastors of Christian churches have a biblical worldview. So literally most of what's being taught in our Christian churches is unbiblical. We've got to protect ourselves and particularly our children. So what do you do? You start to look at what they believe. Look at the statements of faith. Look at the doctrines that they teach. Look at the the type of Bible they use. Look at the type of preaching they engage in. Is it exegetical preaching where they're taking the word of God? Not a bunch of stories that make you feel good, but they're actually taking God's word and tearing it apart with you to understand what it really means, what the context is. Talk with other people who have been there who understand. Talk with the elders about what's this church about. Look at their criteria for success. If it's not making disciples, you're in the wrong place. There are a lot of different things that I talk about in the book that people can look at to find the right church.
0: And also the right school. A lot of parents want their kids to go to a Christian school. What kind of criteria do you use to choose a Christian school?
1: Yeah, there, one of the things you want to look at is what is the curriculum? Again, you want to look at, uh, you know, whether or not it's teaching a biblical worldview. Most of the curricula used by Christian schools today is not centered on worldview development. It's centered on academic achievement. I'm not against academic achievement, but really the primary thing that sets a Christian school apart, needs to set it apart, is are we focused on leading them to Christ? Are we focused on having them understand and live out the principles of scripture? And the curriculum is one of the key things that shows you that. But also look again at their criteria for success. When they give you their pitch for the school, are they talking about how many of kids are getting into college? How many of their kids are getting into you know, prestigious schools? what their SAT scores are. That doesn't matter nearly as much as do they know the Bible? Are they consistently taught to the, the Bible? What do they do in their classroom that is faith oriented? Are they praying? Are they confessing? Are they building faith based relationships? Are their teachers devoted to Jesus Christ? You know, uh, those are the kinds of things that parents need to be looking
0: at. Absolutely, this is great information. We're gonna take another quick break and be right back with Dr. George Barna. The book is called Raising Spiritual Champions.
2: On October 1st, 1961, history was made when a tiny station began transmitting the first signals of the Christian Broadcasting Network. CBN, the Christian Broadcasting Network. And now, a new era has begun with the all new CBN News Channel.
3: Moments ago, the Iron Dome intercepted an incoming rocket
2: right on the Gaza border. Administering in this area, spiritual warfare is definitely involved. A 24-7 news network, bringing you the news you want from a source you can trust. In Kenya, 40% of the medical services are actually provided by these Christian hospitals. Let's
3: talk about the economy. Believers here are joining together to win people to Jesus Christ.
2: All your favorite shows, now in one place, all day, every day. The CBN News Channel. Download the app or visit CBNNewsChannel.com. CBN News.
1: Mm. Mm.
2: Life is better with a good night's sleep. Get your free DVD or booklet of Protect Your Sleep today. Life, it's meant to be lived
3: fully. Jesus said it, I came to give you life, life to the fullest, life in your family, life in your finances, life in your body, mind, and spirit, life in your everyday. At CBN.com, we're taking what Jesus said seriously. We're here to help you discover Life, life, live it fully, CBN.com.
0: Welcome back and we're talking with Dr. George Barna, author of the new book, Raising Spiritual Champions. And Dr. Barna, you know, a lot of, I hate to say this, a lot of parents actually do have a a biblical worldview and are trying to impart it under their children, but the children don't accept it. Have you seen this?
1: Oh gosh, yeah, that's rampant because the problem uh, that's inherent in that is that our children are living in a culture that essentially hates jesus that wants nothing to do with the christian faith and that's trying to move them into a completely unbiblical lifestyle and so that's why i said earlier you know parents have to recognize that being a a parent of a child is going to raise conflict with the child but you've got to stand firm you have to know what you believe here's one of the key things we discovered in the past year in our research most children in America don't take their parents seriously as disciples of them, if you will, as people who are going to raise them up to be great individuals. Why? Because they hear their parents say one thing and do another. One of the keys to effective discipleship is you've got to not only know what you believe, but you've got to live that consistently so that when your child is processing that information, what they're trying to do is figure out how does life work. And they're being given all kinds of ideas from their parents, from their peers, from the government, from the culture, from the media. And so they're weighing all of these options. If they're going to choose their parents' option, they've got to see what it looks like. They have to know that a person that, for the most part, they love and trust it's someone who's not just telling them we're trying to sell them a bill of goods, but it's something that they believe so much that they're living that kind of life. And, and then it also shows the young person, here's what it looks like, and it's worth doing. And so parents have to remember that we are always on stage. There, there's no pretense allowed for the parent. You've got to be a follower of Christ. You've got to live like a follower of Christ, if you want to create a follower of Christ.
0: Wow, that's pretty uh, heavy there, especially when you talk about hypocrisy among parents. What are some of the uh, worst mistakes parents can make? I would think right up there at the top of the list, I see parents dropping their children off to church where the parents don't go to church.
1: I mean, there there are so many examples I could give you we found in the research. You know, a common one would be telling children, going back to media, you know what, don't watch R-rated media, it's bad for you. And then the parents watch R-rated stuff. It's like, well, wait wait a minute, if if it's morally corrupt, why is it morally corrupt for me as an eight-year-old, but it's not morally corrupt for you as a 35-year-old? You know, again, that consistency is, is a very important thing.
0: I would think another, and correct me if I'm wrong, would be the parents who are always looking at their phones. These are addictive for people of all ages, right? And so to say to your child, don't go to social media when the parent is always on it, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, phones are not good for any of us, frankly. I mean, there's a measure of convenience. There are times when it's it's a real blessing, but we've got to recognize it's a tool. Who's using the tool to whose advantage? And so we have to master the tool, not let the tool master us. We've got to be in charge.
0: All right, we're gonna take one final break and be right back with Dr. George Barna. The book is called Raising Spiritual Champions.
2: Life is better with a good night's sleep. Get your free DVD or booklet of Protect Your Sleep today. I'm Ephraim Graham, and this is Studio 5. Cruise with me as I discover the good things happening in the world of music, sports, television, and movies.
4: The fact that Ryan Coogler was gonna be directing the film, I knew that something special was gonna happen.
2: We'll chat with artists at the forefront of entertainment and explore the connection between popular culture and faith. I asked my pastor, I said, well, does that mean I'm supposed to be a preacher? He says, well, no, you already have a pulpit. Wednesday night at 8.30 on the CBN News Channel.
4: Remember for a moment what it was like to be a child. You believed every story you were told. You saw a world full of endless possibilities what stories will the world's orphaned and at-risk children believe we believe the bible tells the only story truly worth believing we believe that every child should have the opportunity to dream The chance to take challenges and turn them into possibilities. The chance to stand on the promises of God. To recognize their place in the greatest story ever told. They have their whole lives ahead of them. Theirs is a world of endless possibilities. They are looking for a story to believe. We will tell them that story. Will you join us?
0: Welcome back to Healthy Living. The book is called Raising Spiritual Champions, something all parents want to do. Most parents, I guess I should say. We're speaking with Dr. George Barna, and it's uh, really a fantastic book, just chock full of information. Dr. Barna, how can you tell if your child is progressing spiritually? You know, how can you measure their spiritual growth?
1: Yeah, you know, I'm in the business of doing surveys, but I don't recommend doing surveys for that. I think the best thing to do is to have a constant dialogue with your child, always talking to them about what they're doing, why they're doing it. That's how you build a biblical worldview, but it's also how you assess, are we making progress? And a key part of that is observing what's going on with the child and then listening. Probably the key element is listening, just hearing what the child's saying, what's their language, what's their context, what's on their mind, their priorities, Those are key things for us to understand.
0: And all of this seems to involve a lot of time on the parts of the parents. And we see parents are so busy these days. What can you suggest?
1: Understand what your priorities are and how God's gonna judge you. He didn't give you children just to give you something else to fill out your day. They matter so deeply to him and what matters to him needs to matter to us. And so we're gonna have to sacrifice. Being a parent is a period of sacrifice. And it's going to take a lot of time for us to invest in that relationship. It's all about relationship here. You're not going to be an effective discipler as a parent unless you've got a deep, profound, growing relationship with each of your children.
0: Dr. Barna, unfortunately, we're out of time for now. But uh, can you tell our viewers where they can find the book and also where to find out more information about you?
1: Yeah, the book Raising Spiritual Champions is available at Amazon.com. And uh, if you want more information about all the research that we're doing related to faith and culture, faith and family, uh, you can go to culturalresearchcenter.com. The cultural research center is where I do the research at Arizona Christian University. And we try to make as much of that free as possible. So people can always download a lot of information for free. Share it, you know, write us questions, but stay in touch with what's going on in the culture. It's changing quickly. We're trying to help you navigate a difficult culture.
0: Indeed. Well, Dr. Barna, thank you so much for your lifetime of incredible work for the kingdom. And thank you for being our guest on Healthy Living today. Thank you, Lori. And thanks to you for joining us for this edition of Healthy Living. I'm Lori Johnson. We'll see you again next week. Bye now.